Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to hear your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willis. Let us engage. It is Politics Done Right. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Today, we have a very special program. I'm going to give you two interviews, one with Diane Archer. Uh, Diane Archer is the uh, president of Just Care USA, an independent digital hub covering health and financial issues for generally for boomers and older folks that are just going to be getting into the Medicare part of their lives. And then I'm going to talk to uh, an, another person. This is somebody who's living the healthcare experience, and this is going to be Vic Usumeri. Uh, he is a Canadian who, or I should say dual citizen. Uh, he's a Canadian, moved to the United States to teach. He had United States insurance and went through the, all the mills that, that go on. And he had the best American insurance that one could buy. But still, in his older years, he decided to move back to Canada, Canada, and I want you to listen in as much as he wants to be non-committal on healthcare systems because he, again, you know, he's an expatriate, etc. When he explains the differences between Canadian healthcare and American healthcare, and what you know, what we want with Medicare for all is a lot better than what Canada is offering right now, given that we have so much more money, but. He, the distinction that he made and the, the level of care that he illustrates is just astounding that we as Americans don't demand that. That is on us. Uh, that we as Americans allow uh, Medicare Advantage and all these other frauds to, uh, that we legitimize those frauds in America. It is a shame not on the fraudsters, not on the insurance companies who are doing something that's immoral, but legal. Again, what they're doing is immoral. It kills people, but it's done under the cloak of law. So it's legal that we have allowed our representatives to write laws that harm us, to create policies that harm us. That is on us if we choose not to be educated, if we choose not to Get to educate ourselves and not depends on depend on those who will profit from our ignorance to make a whole lot of money as we and many of our loved ones die. So I want you to listen to uh, Diane Archer and then to Vic Asumuri. 
And then we'll have a little short takes at the end of the program. But I have dedicated going forward to try to inform people, first of all, if by all means possible, do not get Medicare Advantage. Uh, it may work for some. It may wake, work for a lot for some of the times. But when you need it most, it's when the problems rise. Uh, don't be fooled. I, I, as, as, as a host, I have absolutely nothing to gain by telling you whenever you leave traditional Medicare for Medicare Advantage or any pretty thing that they want to call it, you're playing with your life and you are succumbing to those who are profiting on your well-being. So uh, without further ado, let's move on. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Igberto Willis, your host. Today, we have a very special guest, something that's going to that's gonna discuss a subject that affects every single American at some time in their lives. Diane Archer. Diane Archer is president of Just Care USA, an independent digital hub covering health and financial issues facing uh, boomers and their families and promoting policy solutions. She is a past board chair of Consumer Reports and serves on the Brown University School of Public Health Advisor Board. Ms. Archer began her career in health advocacy in 1989 as founder of the pres and, and president of the Medicare Rights Center, a national organization dedicated to ensuring that older and disabled Americans get the health care they need. She served as director health care for uh, director health care for all project institute for America's future between 2005 and 2010. Diane Archer, welcome to Politics Done Right. Thank you for having me, Alberto. Well, let me tell you, first of all, I'm excited uh, to talk to you mostly because the med our healthcare system is in shambles, has been in shambles for a long time. One of the issues is that it flies under the radar and we don't discuss the issues that we really need to discuss. I contacted you about talking about this thing called DCEs, first of all. Not that that is the only subject, but I wanted to talk about DCEs because a lot of people don't understand the dangers of it. But before I get started, I want to ask you to tell us in your own words, what is the state of healthcare in our country today? Healthcare is a total mess in this country. And it's a mess for one principal reason, which is that we've handed over control over our healthcare to corporate health insurers that are in the business of making money for their investors and do not put people's healthcare needs first. And in addition to that, uh, they are unable or unwilling to control costs or improve quality of care. So we're literally giving them control over an area where they can't serve as a good middleman. They're not even like a Walmart, right? Which is there to be in the middle to get to the lowest prices and the best value. This is the opposite. And that is why every other industrialized democracy does not turn over the business of healthcare to corporate health insurers. They take control and some people believe, oh, well, they do have private insurance. Oops. Thing. 
And the reason it's different is because in those countries- I, I need to stop you a second because we had a, a, a temporary internet block. Some people think they have private insurance. Some people, some people think that private insurance is the same, no matter who gives it to you or where you get it, and it's not. And private insurance, if it is under the direct control of the government, where the government is saying to the private insurer, or a large employer maybe is saying to a private insurer, we can go further there. This is what you're gonna pay for it. This is when you're gonna pay for it. This is how you're gonna pay for it. And we want everybody covered. And this is what they're gonna to have to pay. That's one thing. We could talk about that. In the case of most health insurance in this country, what happens is the opposite. The insurers get a flat fee per person and they're told cover these benefits. And then they get to decide what to pay for and when to pay for it and how much to pay for it. And as a result, people who are sick and need costly health care get screwed. It's that simple. Now, Diane, I, 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 I have a problem. Okay. We have asked Americans to forget basic arithmetic that they've learned in school, that somehow having the cost of health care, having a, some particular cost that, that is absolute, and having an entity who pays it cost you more than instituting another group of people who must be paid out of the same pot. We have asked people to avoid, to, to forget basic math, that if you put a third person in there, that third person or third entity also has to be paid. So the total cost of the product goes up or you get less of the product. The two of them cannot exist at the same time, correct? Totally correct. And not only have we said to them, forget the math and forget about the fact that we're adding this extra layer of bureaucracy and extra cost, we're also saying, choose among a bunch of them and forget the fact that they're all different and that you're gonna be choosing blindly because we're not gonna tell you what the difference is. And so basically we're saying, pick the plan that's right for you, recognizing that many of them may not be right for people and forcing people literally to play Russian roulette with their healthcare because they don't know if they're picking a plan that is going to give them the care they need when they need it or not. You know, I find it ironic that they always talk about having choices, right? And the only plan that really gives you choice in the Medicare field, whether it's Medicare Advantage or just straight Medicare, is Medicare, the one run by the good old United States, we the people. And why? That is because, of course, you get a chance to choose your doctor, your hospital, etc. All the others choose it for you. Am I correct? You are. You just nailed it. In fact, the way to think about it, I think, is if you go the traditional Medicare route, you get care customized to your needs and wants, right? You get to pick your doctors, you get to pick your hospitals, they get to decide the care you get. And basically, if you have supplemental coverage, you don't have to worry about the cost, nor do your family members. You can sleep at night knowing that you're going to get the care you need. And when you go to the private side, to the Medicare Advantage side, you have no clue. I, I think, um, Diane, why we need people like you, why we need your organization and your organization to be funded is that this is not a message that enough Americans are hearing. So 
the Medicare Advantage folks are coming out with, we'll buy you a membership to a club. We'll buy, we, we'll give you a free meal. Come sign up. But what you're signing up for is to be screwed down the road. I've heard a, a comment about a young man who had testicular cancer and he was in Medicare Advantage and they couldn't, uh, they didn't have a particular doctor to take care of him. So they had to ship him somewhere else. So he said, no, I'm going to go back to Medicare, regular Medicare. And he found out the hard way that if you take Medicare Advantage, it's difficult as hell to get back into Medicare because that supplemental you're talking about at that point is no longer a, they don't have to take you as they do when you initially sign up. Would you like to expand on that for me? Yeah, I think that's an excellent point that is lost on a lot of people. So people sign up for Medicare Advantage largely because they want to save money on the Medicare supplemental insurance that you do need when you're in traditional Medicare. The big problem with traditional Medicare is that there is no cap on out-of-pocket costs. But the good news is when you buy the supplemental coverage, not only do you have to not worry about a cap, but virtually all your costs are covered. So again, you don't have to think about co-pays and deductibles for the most part. Everything is covered. When you're in Medicare Advantage, it's just the opposite. There's a cap, but it's as high as $7,550 in a year, which is three times the cost of the supplemental insurance. And so every time you need care, you have to stop and ask yourself, do I want to spend that $500, $50? How much is it going to be? I don't even know how much it is. I don't know how, if I can afford it. Maybe I'll go without my care, right? Do I want to get into medical debt? Am I going to assume debt? So you're constantly in this position of having to make a decision between your health care or your loved one's health care and, um, and your rent or your mortgage or your dinner. I mean, it is a terrible position to put people in. And what about switching between Medicare Advantage back into Medicare? What's, what are the caveats? And then what happens is exactly. So then you're stuck and you think, oh my gosh, I've just been diagnosed with cancer. I'm not gonna be able to pay $7,550. I really wanna switch back into traditional Medicare, but whoa, I can't get that supplemental insurance to fill the gaps in traditional Medicare. Medicare tends to pay 80% of the cost and then you're required to pay 20% of the doctor's cost unless you have supplemental coverage. But insurers are not required to sell you that insurance, except in rare situations when you first become eligible for Medicare. And then if you move to another community, there are some exceptions. But as a general rule, you can't move unless you have Medicaid, which is supplemental insurance you can get if your income is, is low or you can get it through your employer. But as a general rule, you're stuck. You're locked into Medicare Advantage. And even find a Medicare supplemental insurer that will insure you, odds are that they're going to be able to charge you so much that you're not going to be able to afford the cost. So here you are now stuck in Medicare Advantage, as you've just said, locked in. You can't go to the center of excellence, to the MD Anderson or to the Sloan Kettering that you want to go to. You can't move in with a family member out of your community because your care isn't covered out of your community, but you need that family member to take care of you. So you need to move. And you are just in the hands of this corporate insurer whose priority is a return on um, investments to shareholders. 
And what I'd like to say, Verdor, let me just say one more thing. It's, it's, it's worse than anybody can really imagine because if you and I decided we were gonna have the best Medicare Advantage program in America, one that said, we want you if you have cancer, we want you if you have heart disease, we're gonna, we're gonna do everything we can to get you the best possible care. We're gonna have the biggest network, you know, like traditional Medicare. We'd be out of business before we opened our doors because the way that the government pays us they pay us a flat fee per person, regardless if that person needs a lot of care or a little care. And so if you're a for-profit entity, you're focused on getting the healthy people in and the sick people out. And if we were focused on getting the sick people in, we wouldn't be paid enough money to take care of them. And we'd be out of business before we opened our doors. So the way the government pays these plans by paying them a flat fee just incentivizes them to deter people who are sick from joining and to encourage people who become sick who are their members to leave. And that's unfortunately just the way it's set up and it should not be set up that way. And now we can get to direct contracting because it is set up exactly the same way. Should we move Talk on? To me about there. I think, I, I, and I, that's a segue that I, that I wanted because that, that is a, one of the reasons I contacted, uh, contacted you is that DCE, everybody has been complaining about it. And I think the Biden administration, who we expected to do something positive, meeting, get rid of them and really be pushing Medicare, the standard Medicare, has created something called ACO Reach. Why don't you kind of um, uh, talk to us about this? Okay, so these are just names, but the short of it is back in 2020, the Trump administration came up with a plan. And the plan was, let's privatize all of Medicare. Let's turn all of Medicare into Medicare Advantage and take away people's choice of getting their care uh, administered directly through the federal government. And so they launched this plan and then the Biden administration took over and it was still in place. And um, what has happened since is that very recently, uh, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, which oversee Medicare, decided they were going to rename that program REACH and basically continue it as designed by the Trump administration. And that means that if your doctor signs up with a private insurer or a investor, like a private equity investor, to um, administer your care in traditional Medicare, then you will be under the control of that investor or insurer when you need care. That investor or insurer, exactly like in Medicare Advantage, will decide whether you need care and whether it's gonna pay for that care. Interesting people say, well, you can always object or whatever. Generally, after you're, you're dead by the time the objection or the, or, or the arbitration or whatever is taken care of. It, it, you, you put a, an interesting thing that you sent to me that I think is a very important. You said, changes do not worry Wall Street. Investment analyst Spencer Perlman, the day after the announcement of REACH, which was supposed to make things better, says, the reforms are one part of a public relations exercise and one part modest revision that should not tangibly impact the for-profit entities currently 
participating in the model, the model being the DCEs, which is the uh, direct contracting model. Tell us how evil that direct contracting model is, um, Diane. It, it's really bad in, in a few significant ways. Number one, if your doctor is part of one of these direct contracting entities in traditional Medicare, you may not even know it. And you will be automatically assigned to that direct contracting entity against your will. Yes, you're supposed to get a piece of paper in the mail, but as far as I understand it, people with Medicare get hundreds of people pages of mail um, every month um, because everybody's trying to sell them something. And so most likely you're not gonna read the piece of paper. And if you do, I can tell you, I've seen a couple of them. They are impossible to understand. So you're gonna go to your doctor continuing to think that you're seeing the same doctor and you, at some level you are, but at another level, this direct contracting entity now in the business of figuring out how to drive profits for its investors is going to be telling your doctor how to deliver care to you. And that could mean that instead of the half an hour visit you're used to, you'll get a 15 minute visit. It could mean that instead of that doctor referring you to a high value or an excellent healthcare provider if you get sick, the doctor will be told by the direct contracting entity, send this person to this healthcare provider who costs very little, who will be good enough for your patient. And you won't know the difference unless you ask your doctor. And so one big piece of advice is talk to your doctor, find out if that doctor is part of one of these direct contracting entities. And if so, ask your doctor point blank if he or she is being told to change the way your care is received, what care you get and when you get it. Absolutely, that is the case because that's how these entities make money. That's their job is to limit the care you get. And we know in Medicare Advantage, as we've talked about the private side, the corporate side of Medicare already, that people in Medicare Advantage get as little as 30% fewer services than people in traditional Medicare. So there's a lot of people who think, oh, well, I'm going to get Medicare benefits and Medicare Advantage. I'm going to get Medicare Advantage in traditional Medicare. What difference? And the difference, as you said, one huge difference is who's going to give you those services? You know, is it going to be a high quality provider or a low quality provider? In Medicare Advantage, we know that the skilled nursing facilities are lower quality. We know the hospitals are lower quality. In overall, we know that um, the home health services are lower quality overall from independent researchers. And we know that there's widespread, widespread inappropriate delays and denials of care and coverage according to the Office of the Inspector General. That's what's going on already in Medicare Advantage. So you can expect to see exactly the same thing if you're in a direct contracting entity in traditional Medicare. Now you do have the right to opt out. That's the good news, if you know you're in. So first find out if your doctor is part of one of these entities. And if the doctor is, Find out how your care is being restricted. If you need costly services, if you have serious health needs, 
you may want to change primary care physicians. Now that's asking a lot of anybody because that's undermining your continuity of care, which is really, really, really important. But the person who you signed up um, to have as your doctor is actually not gonna be practicing the same kind of medicine as that person was before that person was a part of a direct contracting entity. Maybe it's conceivable that person will deliver good medicine. I can't say absolutely that person um, will not, but what I can say and what you've already said is that there are financial incentives to delay and withhold care from patients. And one more thing, those doctors in many instances are gonna be paid more when they listen to the direct contracting entity and make more money for the direct contracting entity. And they make more money by withholding and delaying care. I mean, that is important. And I'm glad that you ended this little segment on that issue. I want to take a little bit of liberty here to talk basic economics and common sense. And it, it is important for those that are listening to us right now, those that are listening to Diane realize one thing. And, 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 and first of all, these corporations are not doing anything wrong. They're not doing anything illegal. They're doing what they're supposed to do. Private corporations are supposed to maximize the values for their shareholders and in doing so, maximize their own bonuses for the executives. That's, there's nothing wrong about that in a, in, a, in a society. However, when you have that, you have to determine if you want your health care under that domain. You have to determine if you want your social security, you want your Medicare under that, where that corporate executive must decide, should I care for her cancer or should I care more about what my bottom line is gonna be to buy my Ferrari? And I'm not kidding around, around that. We have to understand these are basic value judgments that we must have here. And corporations have no value judgment by design. It's inherent into the economic system. You cannot follow the rules of the economic system and care about anything other than maximizing values. I want, to, uh, I, want, I want us to discuss a little bit further. How can we ensure, again, I said earlier, it's about common sense and economics. And one of the good things, or one of the bad things I should say is that the corporations have unlimited funds for marketing, plausible stupidity, which is what I think they do. In other words, they make us less smart with their marketing. You see a, a Medicare Advantage advertising, somebody's happy that they got a membership to keep themselves healthy at a club, at a health club. Somebody sees that they get a coupon to go to a restaurant to buy something. These little shallow things that ultimately cost you much. How can we, those of us that are trying to do the right thing by everybody else, get our message out best we can? You made a number of really, really smart points. These companies are doing exactly what they're in the business of doing, and it is not about putting our healthcare first. It's about taking as much money out of the healthcare system as they possibly can. And our job is to push for a cost-effective healthcare system that is designed 
to meet everybody's needs, not simply the needs of people who are healthy, but the needs of the people who are the most vulnerable, the people with lower incomes, the people uh, with serious health conditions, people in rural communities, people of every which type need to have their needs met. And that is the best way to ensure that is with a program like Medicare for All, where everybody is covered for what they need at a price they can afford. The way Medicare for All is designed, there are no co-pays or deductibles. The cost of the program is really coming out of the tax system. Mm -hmm. And it's so much more efficient. I mean, one thing we haven't talked about is Medicare Advantage is costing us literally hundreds of billions of dollars more over the next eight years than traditional Medicare. The projection from a fairly conservative economist is that it's gonna cost $600 billion more over the next eight years than traditional Medicare would cost. That is real money. And so you can just imagine as if the government succeeds at getting everybody into one of these Medicare Advantage plans and destroying the traditional Medicare program, the program which would be the foundation for Medicare for all, then what's gonna happen? Well, I can promise you one thing, as you know, the corporations are not going to sit back quietly and take a huge hit to their profits. They're just gonna shift more costs onto us. They're perfectly happy doing that. Now that might mean that you know, some people will be able to afford those costs, but a lot of people are gonna end up literally dying or becoming disabled needlessly because they can't afford their healthcare. And honestly, I mean, the sad reality is that is happening today. There has been, there have been a few pieces um, out, one out of um, the National Bureau of Economic Review, looking at just out-of-pocket costs for prescription drugs for people with Medicare. And what that study found was that a $10.40 increase, just a $10.40 um, increase in co-pays led to thousands of needless deaths a year because people dropped their medicines. They dropped their medicines for, um, to manage their heart conditions. They had heart attacks and strokes. I mean, this is really criminal. It's just unbelievable what the wealthiest country in the world is allowing to happen. But there is a solution, as you say, Medicare for all, it's cost effective, it gives people exactly the care they want, literally customized to what you want. If you're, if you're traveling to Arizona and you need care in Arizona, you get it. If you wanna see a particular doctor, you get to see virtually every doctor in the country with some exceptions, but basically you get to see them all. And hospitals as well, you can use them. There's no restrictions, you get what you need when you need it. And you don't have to navigate these incredible hurdles that the corporate health insurers put up to help delay your care. Not, not only to speak about the or to speak about the doctor's offices that won't have to deal with a hundred different insurance companies anymore. They just submit a bill and all the staff that they would have needed to process all of that is no longer there. Dan, look, I can't tell you how important your message has been today. I, I asked one last question every single time, and that is, what would you have liked me to ask you that I didn't? I think you really covered the full range very effectively, Roberto. Thank you so much. One final thing. What can people do now? 
to fix this tragic situation. And what they can do is write the White House, write their members of Congress and say, end the direct contracting program, the DCE program now named REACH immediately, protect our traditional Medicare, allow us the choice of traditional Medicare. Don't force us into a managed care plan. Well, Diane uh, Archer, uh, president, actually president of Just Care USA. Before I close, I want to thank you for the work that you do because we need this work in a massive, at a massive level. And anything that politics done right or any other entity you need to get this job done, let's get this job done because your work is invaluable. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Thank you. It's been a total pleasure, Alberto. Welcome to our first edition of Politics Done Right outside of Netroots, or rather in the Netroots Nation Conference here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And as our first guest today, we have Vic. Usamary. Vic Usamary. I noticed I paused because I wanted to make sure to get Usamary correctly. Vic, welcome to Politics Done Right. Thank you. Hey, Vic, um, we, we've, we're here trying to... Uh, Unite folks here on the prog- in the progressive uh, domain and, and learn about different policies, etc. And one of the things that I've been very interested in is healthcare. Mm-hmm. Now, you are, I, I call you an expert because you've lived in both systems. You've lived in the American healthcare system and you've lived the Canadian healthcare system. First of all, just an absolute term, which is the better system? Um, like every business system and right. I, and I'd characterize these as business systems. I right. mean, we tend to put magic in there that's it's magical healthcare, medicine, uh, Ouija board and all kinds of right. stuff. They re- they really are trying to cr- uh, deliver s- systematically deliver healthcare services to the population. So, in America American uh, has US has one system. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canada has another system. There are probably 30 other right. systems. Right, NHS in, 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 in Great Britain. Well, the OECD countries, there's right. there's 32 countries and 32 different variety right. flavors of the system. Right. So it's a system. So I don't, I've never, my background is I taught business operations management supply chain for a long time, decades. And business systems are never, you never take a business system against another business system and say one is better. You can't. Parts of one are are much better than mm-hmm. another, and it'll flip the other way. Now, some cases, um, a lot more parts may be good in one system than are good in another. Mm-hmm. In which case, you strong form a strong uh, appreciation for the system you think has more good parts. No, I want to. I want to. And Canada, Canada is the one I would say has more on balance, has more good, well thought out pieces of the puzzle than the United States. You're a very diplomatic person is what I I will say, because (laughs) I I look as an, both of us are engineers, but as a more, I guess, absolute engineer, I would look and I said, I look at outcomes. And if you look at the outcomes from one system over the other in the aggregate, just about every single system in the OCD, OECD comes out. Outperforms the United States. The United States. Yes. And I think that is, that gives, that's a, 
in my opinion, that's the answer that we 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 look for. I I agree. I mean, if if you ask me which would I personally prefer mm -hmm. to live with, the answer would be the Canadian system. Now, you told me a story that, that kind of boggled my mind. And first of all, we we're going to sort of touch on your wife's story just in, as it relates to healthcare. But you mentioned something that to me, uh, I, when I heard it, it, I just didn't think about it. You said when you go to a doctor or you seek healthcare in Canada, money never comes up as a topic. That's correct. Um, the closest, uh, let's see if I can fish it out. Um, the closest it comes is it's this a card. card. I mean, this is this might as well, for all per intents and purposes, might right. be might as well be a Visa or Mastercard. Right. I right. mean, it has it does exactly the same thing. So whenever you need help, you go into a bar, you talk to the bartender, you get your drink, you have your meal, you chat with your friends, you, you chat with the bartender, they give you service, do all that stuff. The only money you talk to a bartender is when they bring you the bill and you hand them their, your Visa card. Right. Okay. Think that experience. And that's the Canadian experience. So they give you health care and you provide that as the... You you, up front, you up walk front. in, you walk in, you walk in and they need to know who you are. That's your ID card. That's your ID. So, and at least where I am, downtown Toronto, um, all of my records are electronic. Right. So when my family pra uh, practitioner sends me for a test, I go, I go to, uh, to get the test, I show my card. Well, that card allows them to look up my medical records before the test. Right. I mean, all that stuff is organized. It's all tied around. And the key is that it's a single point point of truth right. about who I am and where the money's coming from. Exactly, exactly. And there's a big concept in business about when you build business systems is establishing a single point of truth. That is one place you can always go reliably to and get the facts. And everybody can do it, so everybody can be on the same page. Unlike our system where one particular doctor, any patient comes in, he has to have a staff to tell him exactly what insurance company are you with and call them up, see what's covered. That's Right. That uh, no, that's, that, and that is the, that to me is the fundamental flaw and inefficiency in the, United, in the U.S. system. U.S. system spends 25 to 35% of the, of its, Healthcare dollar. On administration. Not on administration. Trying to figure out who to stick the bill to. Right, right, right. I mean, it's not about paying the bill. It's not about delivering a service. There's nothing in there other than everybody scurrying around like rats. Right. In a, in a maze trying to figure out who's going to be the unlucky soul that gets stuck with a bill. The bill. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole, that's, that's almost a third, quarter to a third mm -hmm. of the total healthcare expenditure in the United States. Canada does not have that right. at all. Right. All right. So right there is any any medical service you want to provide in Canada. You know, there's this minor stuff around the edges, but in theory, it's going to be 25 to 30 percent cheaper. Right. Just because that cost is not part of the equation at all. That is, that is him. So tell us a little bit about your recent experience okay. that probably would have bankrupted somebody here in the United States. And you had it in Canada. Well, the we just moved. My wife and I just moved from Atlanta 
I mean, my background is I spent 20 years teaching at Auburn University. Mm -hmm. Then I took early retirement and lived for the past decade in, in uh, Atlanta, downtown Atlanta. And then last, uh, last August, we sold our, our condo mm -hmm. um, and moved to Toronto. And right. Both my wife and I are Canadian citizens, well, mm -hmm. natives. We were born there. Mm -hmm. So we were able to move back. Were you American citizens too? Or yes, resident? Yeah. we're both, we're, we're dual. Okay. Uh, because we, over 35 years in the United States, I'd become naturalized. Right. And, but you don't throw away, you know, don't change where you're born. So right. I'm still a Canadian citizen. Right. So was able to move back pretty seamlessly. Um, and to get health care, to get that little card, um, the only really bureaucratic thing I had to do is we had to have, we had to have a permanent place to live because mm. it's based on you on where your resident. residence. Right. Yeah, each like, province have a. Each one has right. it, and and plus all the paperwork has to go somewhere. They have to have a place to mail you and so on. So uh, it wasn't even when we moved into an apartment. It's when I had the signed lease from the apartment. Right. I was able to go down to Service Ontario the government office with one-stop shopping, show them the signed lease, and they handed me, you know, the equivalent of a temporary driver's license. They right. handed me a sheet of paper, which was my temporary health card, right. had the code that mattered. Right. The card didn't matter. The code did. And two weeks later, the plastic card right. showed up in my mailbox. That's it. And now you are a covered citizen. I was covered from the moment I got that piece of paper with my code number on it. Right. The temp. And then you can go. You can go get health care. I can walk into any. Um, uh, they have a system there. I, basically, it's all run through. Um, now, in the U.S., my wife and I were first in the in, in downtown Atlanta. We were mm -hmm. in the Emory Healthcare System. Mm -hmm. I had U.S. pensions and have very good, you know, Medicare Part A, right. B, C, D, and and supplemental from the last one was Humana. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were well covered right. in the States, and I was in the uh, Emory system and then in the Piedmont system in downtown Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, and within those systems, we could sort of get anything we right. wanted. With that card, with the Ontario card, I can walk, um, I go to my my family practice. You, they assign you, you have to have a family practice. Mm -hmm. You have to have a quarterback. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you do when you get the card, or even when you get the code number, mm -hmm. is phone a, um, a, a exchange or exchange, and they say they take your information and say okay, and then they go look for a family practice right. practitioner, and they say very clearly up front, if you don't like them, just call back and we'll get you another. Right. I mean, it's not like we're sticking them, but here here's one we think you know, the one we have right now is a five minute walk. Right. Um, you know, those are, they had that criteria. And so my wife and I each have our own family practice. And right. everything goes through them. Right. And they can, anything I need in the way of uh, services or um, diagnostics or testing or anything like that, um, if it makes medical sense, then he, right. he just writes a referral and boom, it's done. Right. When I go to get the test, I just show my card. Right. They... Knock it off. There's never a conversation about money. Right. There's never a conversation about bureaucracy. Right. The only bureaucracy you and I've encountered in the Canadian system is bureaucracy if it had a specific medical meaning right. and requirement. It was a, it was 
Exactly. I, I get exactly what you're talking about. You know, there, there's a reason for that. Bureaucracy. Yeah, we're, we, when you're arguing over, when you're talking about when will I get another appointment, the right. other appointment is, well, when will it make medical sense right. for you to come back? Don't, no point coming back in two days. Nothing will have changed. Right. Uh, that, so to, be in a, to go from the Emory and the Piedmont system, which are very sophisticated systems. Right. I mean, those are probably right at the top of U.S. medicine. Right. Uh, business practices. Right. Um, to to Canada, and um, it's just so clean and simple. Right. And because it's all through the same system, my records are available to everybody I go to. I don't have to. I don't have to make. You don't have to fill out a whole they list. They already of have them. Efficiency. If they've got my code, they've got they've got the access, and they already have. I code. tell you something that 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 they use in the United States to dissuade people from doing things like that, right? They like to use this thing called privacy, not realizing you know, oh, that's in having your records centralized like that is. Uh, well, you got to trade off. You got to trap. Right. You can you can hide your medical condition from your doctors. Right. And you can be confident that they will not know right. uh, what you've had and where you've had it and what's right. happened. Um, and then they can make a mistake and kill you. And that's what people don't understand. But the other thing that they talk about with privacy is that, well, if, if everybody has your records, they can actually see it. And, and to my thing is the only reason to hide your medical records in the United States system is to, to sort of con the system so that they don't know some entity doesn't find out that you had something before yeah if you're running a, a really good if you're condition. running a really good social security scam right then that kind of privacy makes a hell of a lot of sense Ex I'd be all for it exactly I mean every social security scammer I mean but that that's when I say business systems, you got the same business system issues in right. every other business system. Exactly, exactly. You know, but did the supplier really put stuff in the container before they shipped it, or did it drop in the ocean? Anyway, Vic, I, I want to before we we close here. I want to go over that story about your wife. Okay. So let's go ahead and talk about you. Something happened recently. Just tell us that sequence. Yeah, this is this is after we arrived in Canada, and my wife. Um, she, my wife went to her family practice right. and, and said, she was told she really needed to have, uh, it was time to have some diagnostic, there were some signs and stuff like that. Uh, family practice doctor uh, pushed her mm -hmm. to go get the diagnostics and set everything up. It was all done. I mean, boom, 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 boom. She went, got the diagnostics. They found, a, they found an issue. Mm -hmm. Um it was going to require some fairly serious surgery. Mm -hmm. um, the next step is the lab that found the surgery, the doctor at the lab that found the surgery had already uh, went straight ahead and made um, a uh, referral. Mm -hmm. And where we are, we're very fortunate. There are five major research teaching hospitals mm -hmm. within, a, within a five minute drive. Wow. So, I mean, they, they they just went around all these great hospitals and said, okay, who's got an opening? Oh, okay, over there. My wife went there. Mm -hmm. Turns out the doctor is probably top 20, top 50 in North America. Wow. Um, young guy, I mean, 40s, sharp as a tack, mm -hmm. really nice. Um, and his performance was absolutely professional. Mm -hmm. I mean, as good as you, Emory and Piedmont would die and go to heaven 
if they could deliver that service. Right, right. It, and that and you got some of the best insurance here in the United States, and it turns out that this ins- this that's going to cost you nothing. Well, as I said, other than your taxes, Piedmont, or, Piedmont, or Emory, on a on their best on their best day would have equaled what we got. Imagine that. Um, we she went into hospital. She had surgery. Actually, before that, he he wanted to be certain of the diagnosis, so she had full blood workup ultrasound, MRI, CAT scan, whole everything. Boom, it took him about two weeks to get it all scheduled. Um, he looked at everything, took it to a, a team in, in one of the hospitals where they actually review mm-hmm. these cases as a group. And, uh, you know, so they get input from multiple eyes mm-hmm. on the problem. Came up with a plan, uh, involved surgery, mm-hmm. booked her into... Uh, into a hospital. She went in. She had the surgery. She stayed three days. Uh, uh, went home. She got ten visits from a home um, support nurse, RN. Just a follow up. Make sure that that follow up after the surgery. The surgery was going well. There was no infection. Yada yada yada. Um, and. She has regular appointments with a follow-up nurse at the hospital every couple of months now scheduled out mm-hmm. for life. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as she wants them, as long as she needs them, she can have them. Mm-hmm. She can just go there. Total cost. Zero. Out of pocket. And, no, sorry. It's not total cost a lot more. Out of pocket to us. Zero. Zero. But the truth, and then one of the things that I asked you, and we're coming close to the time that we have to close, but... One of the things that I asked you was, uh, "Hey Vic, but did uh, isn't your aren't your taxes a hell of a lot more than in the United States?" And your answer was a bit surprising. Well, it it it's hard to tell, but it's not hugely different. I mean, because first of all, the moment we came to Canada, I was able to drop the Medicare Part B and the Humana extended health that, right. that I was doing through my pension plan. So right there is about 500 US a month. A month that you uh, don't pay at all. That I don't pay at all. Gone. Gone. Um, now, are my taxes higher than that? Because of our my situation, it's actually a little hard. I have some business losses in a previous year. Right. Carrying, they carry in the States. They don't apply in Canada. So I'll probably know next year. My sense is I'll pay a little more in Canada. Right. But For what it's worth. But not not remotely. Um, you know, it, it won't be egregious in any way. Right. And uh, the net effect is, but the peace of mind. The peace of mind. And you know that you can get the service when you want the service. So the fallacy that you have to wait. I tell people here in the United States, try to make an appointment with a specialist here in the U.S. Sometimes you're months away from being able to see a specialist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well, uh, you'll be months away from seeing a specialist if it's a if it's an elective situation elect- in yeah. Canada. I mean, right. specialists for elective sur- surgery are scarce everywhere in the world. Right. Um, so you're going to get that, and you know your mileage may vary. I mean, my mo- my mother had a hip replacement, and they made her wait six months. Four or five of those months, she was doing rehab. Right. Now, either that rehab was to uh, see if she really needed it after all. Yeah, I mean, was either was either to sort of a sneaky way of rationing the care, right? Or it was just damn good medicine. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't know which one it is. Right, I'm not going right, to say. Right. 
overall, my, sen my sense is financially on the medical side, we're going to be close to a wash or somewhere reasonable. Mm -hmm. um, and it allows the system that's been built, which has its weaknesses. I mean, right. there's some areas that Canadians, Canadians bitch about their healthcare system. Right. Everybody. Well, the only thing is when they do survey, if you do a survey of Canadians and say, do you, you know, are you satisfied with healthcare? They'll say no. If you ask them another question, would you trade your healthcare for the U.S.? The answer is hell no. <laughs> no, no, no. And I, I, I think that is where we ended. Vic, thank you so kindly for being Take a care. part of Politics and Right. Enjoyed it. I hope you heard Vic about that one card. Imagine. Imagine if you got into a car accident and the only thing uh, that the people who are there to prepare you for care didn't first try to get you out of unconsciousness to figure out if you had insurance or try to find your loved ones. And the first question they ask is, uh, what is his blood type? Or That's not the first thing they ask. The first thing they ask is, how is he going to pay for this? Does he have insurance? Imagine if when you went to the emergency room at a time when you are in most despair they don't first try to get you to fill out a lot of papers as far as who's your provider then they have to make telephone calls to see if you're covered if you're not covered how is it going to be paid for do you have a credit card for us to hold on file imagine that is our health care folks and it doesn't have to be that way we can afford much better if we decided as a society not to donate our hard-earned dollars to a few executives of sh and shareholders who decided that they were that one of their profit methodologies would be to make monies on our backs. Imagine what it could be. It's all on us. We decide if we want to be educated. We decide. If we want to forget about believing all the crap the insurance companies, oh, uh, we want choice. A choice between insurance companies. And for those who are regular listeners, hear me say this time over time over time. A choice between insurance companies is no different than saying, I want to have a choice between who will be my slave master. It's no different. You don't get choices. The corporate executives decide what they're going to give you or deny you. And you have the choice of deciding which one of those insurance companies will be, as a slave master, a better one for you. But all of that can be different. If we decided to elect people who said we are removing the insurance companies out of health care to make sure that all monies that are placed into healthcare goes into your healthcare and not into the pockets of executives whose sole purpose is to pay a bill and figure out how to make the most money possible from paying a bill they didn't work and, and for money that they got that they didn't work for. Again, these are parasites. They produce nothing. They pay your bill if they can find a way to pay it on the cheap. They're parasites. 
Our healthcare system is populated by parasites, and we, they're doing it because we have allowed them to do so. My question to you, when will we stop being gullible? When will we decide once and for all, we're not going to fall for the flashy commercials, which they are on again. They're trying to tell you, hey, come to Medicare Advantage. We are going to give you groceries. We're going to give you a, a membership to a gym. Well, we don't need Medicare Advantage to get groceries and a, and a, and a, and a, and a uh, membership to a gym. Hell, if we had a single-payer system, that single-payer system, if having a membership to a gym makes you healthier, they can provide that as well without having to give profits to the executives and the shareholders. We have to grow up, people. We have to stop letting them do this to us. We have got to. That is the only saving grace for your own income, for your own wealth, for you to pass something on to your others. Otherwise. We just live, work, exist for the rich, and die without any substantial assets to pass on. Let's grow up, people. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. Let's not continue to fall into the trap. Let's not continue to allow them to play us. Let not, let's not allow them continue to put our lives at risk. Many times we throw our hands up in the air as if we don't have the ability to do something. We are already empowered. It's on us to get it done now. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to hear your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willis. Let us engage. It is politics done right. Right.